I'm Nicole Halseth with Policy Talks Podcast, and I'm joined here today by the wonderful uh, Ms. Dorit Happ. Dorit Happ is a PhD student and a researcher at the Leibniz Institute for Regional Geography in Leipzig, Germany. Her research focuses on the effects of EU's ex external policy on its eastern neighbor states, particularly the Ukraine and Belarus. Uh, she also focuses particularly on political and social transformation and the role civil activism plays within this process. So welcome and thank you for coming to speak with us today, Dorit. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Thank you. <laughs> Happy to be here. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, so we'll get started with, uh, maybe you can expand a little bit more on your research specifically. What do you think the importance of refugee integration as a method of mobility management is today? Okay, um, thanks for the question. So, um, um, about refugee integration, you have to have in mind who is considered as a refugee. Mm. And um, uh, currently, uh, a lot of migrants who are, um, due to economic reasons, wants to, 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 li uh, to uh, leave their country, they, are they use the refugee channel to obtain um, residency in different countries. And um, this is one of the assumptions states do have, uh, um, especially in the global north. Mm -hmm. um, and this is a development which started already earlier when uh, um, legal ways of um, migration were more and more restricted and were shut down. And um, so the uh, official space of, yeah, of entering a country was even harder to do. And now um, um, people who want to do that are using different ch new channels to do that. Mm. And um, what is from the perspective, for example, from the EU member state, uh, why integration of refugees uh, beyond their territory is interested is that they should stay there. Mm. Um, they should make a living uh, in the neighborhood and not in the European Union. And um, countries which are normally transit countries like Ukraine or Belarus, they should become a country to stay for the refugees mm. and um, but in terms of refugee you have to have in mind that uh, in the public discourse there is um, there's a distinction between refugee and migrants is blurred and so um, therefore this group of refugees appears higher and bigger than it is actually and uh, and therefore also refugees have this kind of negative image of being a burden to social systems and being perceived as a threat to the internal security um, because they are all considered as one group. And, and Absolutely, so it sounds mm -hmm. like a lot of the challenges refugees face in actually integrating in communities are largely due to perceptions around refugees mm -hmm. and migrant issues. So uh, could you expand on that? And maybe also uh, what other challenges refugees have in terms of integration and communities? Mm -hmm. um, they have different kind of problems. They're, it's up to their network, to their background for, for sure. But uh, going back, or like my, my case studies, Belarus and Ukraine, um, the problem is um, highly, is, the interaction between different actors on the ground. Um, also UNHCR, we know about it as a, 
um, as the organization which is um, which mandate is the protection of refugees and to secure their stay and um, to integrate them or to support their integration, um, they are embedded in a bigger surrounding. Um, there are a lot of uh, interdependencies between international organizations and uh, the host uh, governments um, and NGOs and refugees. So there's a, um, a complex interaction um, on the ground. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. So given this mm -hmm. wide array of stakeholders on the ground, mm -hmm. what do you see as the role of international organizations such as the UNHCR in maybe mediating mm -hmm. between these different groups? Yeah, they can be a boundary spanner. They can, they can be a mediator to set up a forum. Mm. Um, they're important uh, for refugees uh, as, a, as an actor to, to work for their rights and to, to speak up for them. Um, but their impact is limited mm. because they need the approval of the, the host countries to be in and yes. they are dependent on, the, on external funding as well. So they have uh, no um, own financial power, for example. And, uh, and what is interesting also on the ground is that in Eastern Europe, um, which is specific uh, also for, for Belarus and Ukraine, is that there is um, that civil society um, uh, so far is still a little bit underdeveloped and they are often not recognized as, as governance actors by the, by the state organs. They don't want to work with them or they, they think, oh, they are like foreign ag agents and so on. So there's, um, there's um, a, a really difficult interplay between the different actors on the ground. Yeah, it sounds very complicated. <laughs> so what effect does external pressure have on managing refugee integration mm -hmm. to change tone a little bit? Mm -hmm. um, uh, the effect of the uh, external government. Um, my research actually, um, uh, we are not interested in um, evaluating the effects of the European Union or for the external engagement. We are more interested in um, giving or providing an understanding of the complexity, uh, what, what people are on the ground, what kind of power relations there are between different actors and uh, we are not here to judge what kind of effects there were and uh, um, what kind of um, efforts uh, really happened uh, because um, we are more interested in uh, bringing together all the different actors and uh, and having them uh, to speak out, uh, to present their their point of view, their kind of perception, what kind of mindsets do they have, and um, with qualitative interviews, uh, we are more into that kind of issues. Absolutely. Do you see qualitative interviews, mm -hmm. and uh, you discussed as well uh, participatory observation mm -hmm. and uh, doing interviews specifically with um, affected populations, do you th see that as being a very important part of refugee integration and mm -hmm. migration management more broadly? Mm -hmm. Uh, doing research about it is really important because uh, they are a vulnerable group and uh, this group especially needs someone who speaks up for them mm -hmm. to empower them as well, to, to give them a voice and uh, therefore I think qualitative interviews are uh, well used because um, they offer, offer a way that power relations are, are not in place because you're, you're 
you're doing, you have an equal partnership in an interview. Uh, actually, the, the respondents, he's the expert, he knows best, and it's not the researcher. So um, this helps them also to identify and to to participate in a way as well. So the scientific discourse, I think they, uh, in that way, they, they can have an impact for the integration as well. So based on your research mm -hmm. in Belarus and the Ukraine, mm -hmm. what can you tell me broadly about, just from your perspective, mm -hmm. we might see uh, any changes in migration management in this region, or will it stay the same in the next five years, 10 years? Mm -hmm. uh, you never know. Very true, very true. <laughs> you never know. Um, changes, yeah, uh, it, it depends. Uh, so uh, no one, or only few people expected the Euromaidan would happen. Yes. And there was this uh, radical change of uh, the regime. And now currently in Belarus we have also uh, protests and uh, where we have um, a leadership which um, try, sometimes tries to balance between European Union and Russia, sometimes it's just in favor of Russia. So um, I think um, I go with a researcher who was doing research about GDR mm. and he was asked uh, some, some two years before uh, the wall went down, he said, no, it will happen never. And he, said, and he was the expert in it and he didn't, right. he didn't expect it, that it could happen so fast and the changes could be that. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank you very much. This has been Dorit Happ. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Bye. Thank you.